are going to have a great show for you today, folks. We are going to have a great show for you today. It's time to go vote. Sir, first of all, special service announcement. Please, anybody who has not yet voted, you still have all day today to go ahead and put your vote out. Let America hear your voice. Segundo, if you aren't able to go to vote today, make sure to vote. You have from 7 to 7 to vote on Monday. I don't care if you are in Texas. I don't care if you are in California. I don't care if you're in Florida. This is the time that you make a difference. Folks, you know, if your vote was not all that important, I want you to think about this. They wouldn't, several folks have tried so hard to stop your vote. So folks, please remember, go out there and vote. It is essential. I cannot, I cannot tell you any deeper how essential it is. Anyhow, we have a great show for you today. And as I'm pulling it up, because as usual, you know, every now and then I forget to pull the show up before time. Title of the show today is Vote, 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 Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and Your Freedom is on the line. Do you think that's hyperbole? No, it's not. It's not hyperbole. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. at all, the, 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 ta- the tagline for the show... If you are apathetic, then snap out of it. America needs you now. Social Security needs you now. Medicare needs you now. Am I hyperventilating? No, I'm not. Uh, When you have seen our healthcare system, when you hear what folks intend to do with our healthcare system, no amount of hyperventilation is too much. No amount is too much. But before we get started, folks, I want to talk about the Houston Chronicle. I want to talk about their choice when they decided to select. You know, uh, as part of a nonprofit radio station, we can't particularly give anybody, uh, you know, we don't take, well, well, you know what my positions are. I am a progressive. But we have to be fair and balanced in the way we educate, if you will. But the Houston Chronicle, after giving Lena Hidalgo a, a pretty darn good review, and actually after saying that Miller was sort of self-centered and not allowing others to speak, and after stating many other things, you know, you, after reading that entire, uh, where, where they were explaining who and why they were endorsing, I was about to say, oh, wow, it seems like the Chronicle is going to endorse Lena Hidalgo. That that was my thought process. It actually seemed that way based on what they had to say. And then it says, but after some very, very difficult thoughts, we had to endorse Alexandra Miller. And I was like, wow. After saying all of this, wow. And, um, you know, it, it didn't go over very well in the progressive space. It didn't go over very well for young people. It didn't go over very well for a lot of folks who actually saw a difference in our county government, one that was no longer controlled by contractors, one that was no longer controlled by people who were funneling monies or, or a developer wanting to build somewhere inside of the in the, in, in the aquifer or one of these places that we know we shouldn't build. That was out. No longer could these guys come into the county house. So, of course, you know, the spares were going to hit uh, Miss Hidalgo. A lot of bad information, a lot of lies are going to come out because, you know, you mess with you mess with the powers that be. You mess with the people who control the economy in, or who decided to take over control of the economy in Harris County. You know you're going to be up with the big boys, and the big boys are going to do, and they're going to pay whomever to really try to make things look different. And that's what they did. But still, 
uh, the Houston Chronicle, a great mainstream newspaper as they are, the ones who are really looking out for you, right? They came to the conclusion that we are going to pick somebody. We've been telling the story about Mueller long before the endorsement. We understood where she was funded. We understood who was funding her. We understood why they picked somebody that could say tacitly, pero tú sabes que yo también soy Latina, as if that should matter. But it doesn't. It didn't. It shouldn't. Before I continue with this story, however, I want to already engage you guys who want to call and be on air. Make a comment either on this or the other subjects that we're going to speak about. 713-526-5738. I am honored to have El Señor Stewart in the off in, in this control room, making sure everything runs perfectly fine. Señor Stewart, how are you doing today, sir? Buenos dias. ¿Cómo estás? Bien, bien. Thank bien. you, Egberto. Hey, my brother, thank you for being in there. And now Stuart is holding on to double duties. He's playing the boards and playing the phones at the same time. I tell you, you've, you've moved up from being the oldest, uh, the, the oldest intern to being the extravagant intern. Yeah, basically, I'm the last man standing. But uh, please do call. We've got some lines available, 713-528-5736. And hit number two when you hear the recording. That'll put you into me in the studio, and I'll get you queued up to speak on the air with Egberto. Hey, Stuart, you just made a, a little boo-boo. You said 528. It's 713-526-5738. Yes. Sorry about that. Hey, Steve. I mean, hear me, Steve, now. Hey, Stuart, you know, you're going to have somebody going to be mad at you when they call that 528 number, 526, man. 526-5738. <laughs> 526. I'll say it a million times like Dwayne Bradley. 713-526-573. Give us a call. But anyway, let me continue that story with, um, with, with, with Alexandra Miller. All right. So now it turns out that it seems like the Houston Chronicle has gotten buyer's remorse. I won't say who one of the editors were, but they, they actually got onto Twitter and to say, no, actually, even though Miller has gotten several hundred thousand from Christian nationalists, we are not going to go ahead and, I mean, it, 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 she's not one of them. She's getting uh, several hundred thousand dollars from them, but she's not one of them. To which one of the leaders of uh, Indivisible Houston replied in the tweet and said, well, I mean, if you haven't given the money back, if you hold on to the money, then it seems to me like you probably one of them. If you weren't, you would either donate that money somewhere. Hey, give give folks who need that money the thing. Anyway, as it turns out, as it turns out, this is from the people who told you to go that they endorsed this woman. And this is what the Chronicle had to say. Why do two West Texas oil billionaires, Christian nationalists, waging war against secular public schools, care who becomes the next chief executive of Harris County, hundreds of miles from their homes? Why did a Houston real estate developer give $400,000, a staggering sum, in a local campaign to Republican County Judge candidate Alexandria Del Moral Miller? Why did a furniture salesman who became a celebrity by waving fistfuls of cash and promising to save you money, give, give $448,000 to Miller in a single month? What, aside from earnest hopes of good governance, might these mega donors expect in exchange for their money? How much pressure will Miller face to do their bidding if she wins. These and other questions arise in reviewing Miller's latest campaign finance reports as she enters the home stretch of her bid to unseat one-term incumbent Democrat Lina Hidalgo. As the Chronicle's Jasper Scherer reported, Miller has raised $8.6 million since July 1st, including $3.7 million in the past month alone. A county judge, $3.7 million in one month, en un mes. Ella logró ganar tres puntos. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? 
you need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Siente millones de dólares. One month. By comparison, in the 2018 election, then incumbent Republican Ed Emmett, somebody that a lot of folks like, raised only $446,000 from July through October. In other words, the, 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 the old Republican guy that was running, he only raised 2,000% less, 2,000% less than Miller did. But she comes in, somebody with no experience, never had a job of authority as she will have if she were to become the, the county judge, the most important, the most powerful person in Harris County controlling her purse strings. She got a bunch of rich people to give her $8.6 million. A mer- I mean, Harris County... Who do you think she answers to? Does she answer to you or to those $8.6 million? Come on. We've spoken about purchasing candidates. We've spoken about purchasing politicians. We've spoken about why is it that you can't get in, in our county or in America the things that you need, but the wealthy, the rich, always seem to get what they want. This is an example. Now you, of course, the, the, the county has a choice. You can decide if you want somebody who is owned and paid for by rich folk. You've gotten $4 million for a county judge position in one month. Harris County. Think about that. How dare, how dare somebody, how dare the Chronicle, and look, It's not like she wasn't raising millions of dollars before the endorsement. She was raising this money. So you have to ask the Chronicle. Remember what I talk about, independent media like KPFT, who only owes their relevance to you. Again, independent media, KPFT, and who owns their relevance to you, who owns their loyalty to you. But who does... uh, Who does... Alexandra Miller owns her loyalty to $8.3 million. Folks, can we wake up? Can we understand what's going on in this county, in this country? It is our responsibility here at KPFT to inform. We can't tell you how to vote, but we can inform you and tell you who owns Harris County after the leader of Harris County, if they, if they were to become the leader of Harris County, gets $8.3 million from just a few developers and rich, fat cats. Um, look, you're not hearing this on Channel 13. You're not hearing this on MSNBC. You're not hearing this on NBC. You're not hearing this on CBS. Even as, even as the Houston Chronicle was forced, your editorial board was forced to come back and say, uh, editorial, Miller, return your big donations from four right mega donors. That's what the editorial board that just endorsed her is telling her. Return the money. That's what they're saying. Return the money. John Cotter on the internet, he says, the other question is why did they spend that amount of money on her campaign? They are buying the seat and will expect big returns. You can expect all flood mitigation to stop. Did you did your house flood before? You can expect it again. That is from John Cotter at Politics Done Right on the Internet. Patricia Robinson says, Mattress Mac, by bringing recognition to himself for telling all Philly fans, will draw people to her with his support, I'm afraid. Well, let me tell you something about our listeners, and let me tell you something about Patricia Robinson. Let me tell you something about John Cotter. We know that an informed population will act as it should, informed, and will vote as it should, informed. I don't care who recommends a particular candidate. 
if you put the if you put the data out there, if you show where it's going to affect their bread and butter, Miss Patricia Robinson, then if you st- again, first of all, I say if you still if you still support that person, it's not shame on us for doing our job of informing. It is shame on you. So the the data we put we're putting it out here. Folks, call seven one three. 526-5738 if you want to get on air. 713-526-573 and hit the number two. Stuart had to remind me to say that. 713-526-5738 and hit the number two to get on air. I want to hear what you want to add to the discussion before we move on to the other subject. But this one irked me so much so that I did it on our internet show yesterday and I figured since we are broadcasting on this 100,000-watt transmitter that you guys support with your contributions, and I want to thank you so kindly for the contributions that you guys have made over the last several days. Thank you. Patricia now adds, uh, but there are a lot of uninformed voters out there who refuse to educate themselves. I agree, but we are going to inform quite a few as well, Patricia, and not only that, but we have the new listener base, 713 726-573. Do you want to add to the discussion? Give us a call. 713-526-KPFT. Una vez más. 713-526-5738. Si también quieren hablar y llamar, hablar en español, me pueden llamar. Podemos hablar en español. Si quieres hablar algo de lo que está haciendo Alexandra Miller, también lo que está haciendo Lina Hidalgo. 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. Eight. All right, hit the number two. I keep forgetting. Thank. I, I don't know what I'd do without Stuart, man. I don't know what I'd do without Stuart. Anyway, one item that leaps from Miller's reports, according to the Chronicle, a pair of $100,000 donations from the Defend Texas Liberty Political Action Committee. This pack is funded almost entirely by Tim Dunn and Ferris Wilkes, who made their fortunes in oil exploration and fracking and have donated lavishly to far-right candidates for the Texas legislature and statewide offices. Among other notable gifts, Houston home builder Richard Weekly gave Miller $400,000 for the largest single donation in July through September reporting period. Furniture salesman and philanthropy Jim Mattress Mac McInvale's and his wife, Linda, have given more than $600,000 to Miller. McInvale often appears in television ads with Miller and one of her, and was one of her earliest supporters. Again, these are a few people giving her a lot of money. And you folks out there are a lot of people not giving her money. So who... At Evernorth Health Services... We believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Ooh, again. Who is she responsible to? Who is she responsible to? It is extremely important that we understand the, the fraud that occurs. And I'm not saying fraud as on, in, in, the, in the, I'm talking fraud figuratively. Let's go ahead and get, uh, uh, go ahead and get Eric in. Eric, come on in. Eric, you're Hello. on. Yes. Yes. Thank you for taking my call. No, I'm, I'm good. You got a great program. You're giving out a lot of good information. This is very, very important, especially come crunch time. And just wanted to contribute a little bit that, you know, I, I hear this all the time, low information voters, yada, yada, yada. However, I'd push back and say, look, we live in the information age, not the wisdom age. There's a ton of information out there. People act like, oh, yeah, the, all there is is good information. Mm-hmm. No, there's a ton of bad information. And you don't, and people want to act like there aren't think tanks that put information out there that is disinformation that looks genuine, peer-reviewed, sort of, or maybe, you know, they, they know what to put, and they flood the zone with expletives that I won't, you know, right. disgrace your show with saying. And we need, to, we need to know that. So now 
what do we do about that? Well, we don't know what people know. You can't assume or figure or anything that they know this information. So you have to tell them. You just have to tell them like a human being because nobody's mind was ever changed acting like a butthole. Period. The end. That's how the right gets over on them. Well, oh, you, you, hey, Egberto, you know, gosh, you lost your job, right? Because they moved the, the thing over, you know, overseas. Well, you see that, you see that other guy over there? Well, see, he's taken that other job that you could have gotten. What well, is that fair? He just got here. Why don't you have that job? Whoa, 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 whoa. Time out, guy. You're the one that just moved my job overseas. Mm-hmm. Or out of state. Eric, I am That's so... That's what we need to do. Eric, first of all, I want to thank you for adding that to the discussion, how the disinformation comes. I mean, we have, play, we have organizations like the Heritage Foundation, the Katie Institutes, and these other foundations that make things look plausible that shouldn't be. Trickle-down economics, mm-hmm. the Laffer Curve, all these different things that they put out there to give people the impression that, oh, there's another way and there's this other way is better. So thank you, so first of all, for bringing that up as far as the think tanks and the disinformation that they put out there. Secondly, it is also important. My my daughter today, we were we were driving over here, and my daughter, we were talking about social security and what people don't know. And um, I, I I said something that in a in a manner that I shouldn't have said, but I would never have said it on the radio. Uh, but I said it to her, and, and I won't use the term on the radio here. But she looked at me and she said, "Dad, that is not the way that you want to say that." And I right away I got defensive and I said, but I would not have said that on the radio. And she said, Dad, that's not what you want to say. You want to say it this way. And when my daughter said it this yeah. way, I said, uh, I said, yeah, she said, and the reason why you don't even want to say it when you're talking to me is that you'll get on the radio and you will slip and say it that way. Okay? So mm-hmm. I said, I, I, took, I, took it, I took the lesson from my daughter. And then I said, I, you know, yeah, I'm not going to say it that way. I'll, I'll make sure to say it right. So when you talk about low information uh, listeners, we have to realize exactly what you said before as well. The place is flooded with information, and we have to make that effort to go out there and inform them. And for people who said it's a waste of time, I tell you to listen to the show that we did on, 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 on when was, what's today? It's Friday that we did on Wednesday. I, I actually posted it. And the importance in that show was to watch how a right-winger came on this station and even we allowed him to give the answers to the questions. And by the time he realized he was caught and he, he got frustrated and, and you know, kind of got off, I, one of the people mm-hmm. that I pay, posted at Daily Co. said, you see, Egberto, that was a waste of time. That's why we should only mess with the base, to which I said, no, I speak to everybody because... That particular right-winger was not convinced. But think about the thousands that listened to him come to the conclusion himself. A right-winger coming to the correct conclusion, and only after he came to the conclusion, he threw his hands up in the air and said, ah, no, no, and then, and then hangs up. So thank you for saying exactly. that, Eric. Thank you very much for saying that. Anything else you want to add, sir? No, that's exactly right. I'll just continue that. All you're doing is planting a seed, and you're exactly right. With You never know who's listening, but you never know if and when that seed is going to germinate, and if it's going to all of a sudden, he's going to have that aha moment. Exactly. It happens with every single one of them. So we can't discount. You've got to treat people like human beings. Nobody likes being condescended to. For all we know, that's the word my daughter out. used. That's the word my daughter used. Yes. Condescension. Oh, Just right. Beyond her years. And so, you know, we can't assume, you know, because people, odds are, People have already gone out and done research. Right. They've already gone out and looked. And odds are, especially with how much disinformation there is out there, they've probably clued in on that. And there's always a kernel of truth in it. We have to deal with that. If you deal with that, you may not change their mind right away. You may not change it at all. They'll never admit that you've changed their mind. Right. But you know what you're going to see? You're going to see the actions. Because it's one thing to say, you know, vow, you know, oh, yeah, I'm for this and I'm for that. It's another thing entirely when it's you and yourself and the Lord exactly. in that voting group. You know, and I thank you for that because that's something that I talk about all the time. I really, look, you uh, you have been a refreshing call. Eric, thank you very much for calling in. You have a wonderful rest of the day. Please remember to tell folks about who we are KPFT, etc. All right, let's go to MOD. MOD, come on in. Hey, happy two and a half year break. Hi. Well, you know, I I missed you, brother. Talk to me. Well, I I, I thought we we're talking about election, but I heard you re- reference you know economics and financing and economy there in, in your letter end of your conversation just now. Well, brother, this is your show, so just just talk. What you want okay, to tell me? Well, I want so 
Do you know who Paul Volcker is? Of course I know. He's the guy who who almost destroyed the middle class by taking our interest rates up to 13, 14% and beyond. Yeah, on paper, it was overt, but it was actually near 20. Yeah. So what's interesting about Paul Volcker, Roberto, is he came in uh, Carter's administration in 1979. Mm-hmm. And that was the end of what we call Keynesian economics. Right. Meaning uh, we have three-legged stool business, mm-hmm. consumer, government, and the New Deal, Keynesian economics, this FDR's New Deal economy, is, you know, one leg gets slow, the other two stand it up, and right. then it stays upright. Okay, So that's when it ended, and Volcker came in, and Carter's administration, get that, and by the end, like you just said a minute ago, by 1982, end of 1982, uh, it was announced as like you know 10 plus percent rate increase was what happened. That was the beginning of the right the trickle down. Right, right. But let, so, let me let me know, just when, correct you in one thing, Mod, because this is oh, a, this this is important. All right, you're correct that Volcker came in. Volcker came in because. The, the, the theory was that inflation, that inflation was so bad that it would have so deteriorated the dollar that it would have been worse than the recession created by what he did. I have an updated concept of that, but I just wanted folks to know that it wasn't that a Volcker proper wasn't like super bad. Volcker just was tunnel vision. The only tool he had was increasing interest rates. And my thing is that the whole paradigm is wrong. But we'll go into that after you speak because I don't want to interrupt you. I just wanted yeah, well, to put that in there. Know, this is good because, you know, you always you know, let me get my point out real quick and I appreciate that. So the rendering of Keynesian economics replaced by a trickle-down has mm-hmm. not left, Roberto. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important how you see the glass half full or empty doesn't matter. It's, it's the fact it was the rendering right. of, 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 of our economy that we call the New Deal. So, right. You know, and, and hence then, you know, we're still waiting, going on 45-plus years for the rich people to start hiring. So that has not ended. Right. It, one economy came to an end. And why it's important that we know this is because in the beginning of September at Jackson Hole, Wyoming, mm-hmm. when Powell oh, met boy, with, yeah. you know, the IMF and other central banks and their summit, I listened to Powell say it on that Friday, uh, he, on, on Bloomberg, that, you know, if the numbers come back bad at the end of September, we'll bring in uh, Paul Volcker's uh, uh, rate increase. To which which is what we're seeing inflation. now. Unfortunately, you're right, MOD. That is what we're seeing now. Okay, well, guess what? We're at, you know, at the pace, uh-huh. <laughs> in just like three months, you know, at the pace we're going, it took two plus years from 79, end of 79 to end of uh, 82 to get what was, a, like they said, official, overt, yeah. 10 plus percent, but it was more close to 20 in reality. Right. So this is what they're going to do to address I, the outstanding. I want to add to that, M.O.D., don't, don't hang up, but I, wanna, I want the audience Please, to hear this because this has to do with our voting as well. Uh, and, and, folks, I'm going to use a few terms here that, uh, that I'm going to explain as I say it, but it's important and for I need you. An extra, I, need, I need an extra uh, uh, a brownie point on this to conclude. Go ahead. Well, I, I'll give you any number of brownie points you want, brother, okay? Okay. All right. So here, here's the deal. Uh, this is very important. Um, when these guys came in, uh, the way the way Reagan justified this trickle down theory and lowering taxes continuously for the wealthy was because a a a, a, a economist. His name was Laffer. I don't remember the name of this the, his first name, but Laffer was the economist. Arthur Laffer. Arthur Laffer. Thank you very much. Uh, you see, I get. Look, I'm surrounded yeah. by intellect, man. Okay, Arthur La- yeah. Laffer came in, all right? And he drew on the back. It, it was no real science behind it. He drew on the back of a napkin a line where if that said after you reach a certain amount of taxes, somehow it doesn't matter if you keep increasing taxes, some magical way revenue will fall. But then the corollary to that was if you lower taxes, somehow magically the government is going to get more money. And you ask, but where is the government going to get more money? Oh, economic activity. It has never resulted in the truth. And when Clinton came into power, Clinton said to hell with that, we are going for this tax increase on the wealthy and we got the budget balanced, etc. But the reason I want to bring this up along with Volcker is there are two 
there are two animals that are fighting right now. And if certain people get into power, if you elect people into power, again, it's, they're going to make it seem like it's not them doing it. It's somehow the economy, this magical market working on its own. All right? That's not going to be the case. Let me explain to what I mean. Right now, as uh, Katie Porter pointed out, inflation is at 8.2%. About 4% of that inflation comes from the supply chain problem, which means since these plutocrats, these oligarchs, these corporate thugs, since they went ahead and manufactured all our products overseas, or a lot of our products overseas, it meant that when you have a pandemic, when you have hurricanes or any one of these things, it disrupts you being able to ship the products you make back to the United States, which create a shortage in the United States, which when you have a shortage, supply and demand says you get an increase in prices. All right? Now, and to make it worse, these corporate thugs created a process called just-in-time inventory. And what that meant is the ship is in the middle of the Atlantic or the Pacific coming over to America. And by the time that ship gets to America... Those products are needed at the factory at that time. But if you get a hurricane or you get a pandemic or any one of these things, at that point in time, you have a shortage because you can't get the product. You have to shut down the plant. People go out without work, etc. And it, it's a snowball in effect. And that is what has hit us. This supply chain problem is a problem created by the corporate sector's greed. Okay, let's, let's be clear here. And who pays for that corporate sector greed? We pay for it in the form of inflation. In other words, they can't get the product to us. The products increase in price, and we pay the price. But here's a kicker that comes from that inflation. In as much as we are paying an inflated amount of money for those products, whether it be a car, whether it be whatever it is, they are actually, watch how you're moving your papers, MOD, it's going over the air. Uh, as, as these things change, as we make more, as they pay, cost more, they even make a premium on their failure because let's say they had to buy 10 barrels of oil at $50. Now they only have to buy five barrels of oil at $100, they make the same amount of money, but now it's all profit because the manufacture of oil and all of that has remained constant. And that goes for product after product after product. So we get screwed from the inflation rate because they more, make more money even with a higher inflation than they did before. But here's the other kicker, man. And this is the other kicker. Now to reduce inflation... Instead of a government instituting something called price controls that says you cannot move your prices from where they were before, punto y final, you can't do it. We don't say that. We say we are going to penalize Americans for the corporate screw-up, and now we are going to increase interest rates on Americans to force those guys to drop their prices. So what we do now, the bankers are making the money now, right? We increase the discount rate by a certain amount, and the bankers increase that discount rate by a premium. Oh my God, really? Yes. So we have to pay to convince the rich guy to lower his prices by shopping less. And how do we shop less? By giving more of our money not to buy goods, but to buy to pay interest rates on our loans, on our credit cards, on the cars. So we get hit every direction. When the interest rates goes up, Somebody else is making money on the interest rates too, but it's not That's us. Right. So we have to understand the fraud that is our economic system. And, you know, I would love a right winger to call me and, and dispute anything that I've just said there in a very civil way. Because, folks, we pay the price in inflation. Folks, we pay the price in shortages. Folks, we pay the price with the increased interest rates. And we then blame Biden? The only thing you can blame Biden for is for not being tough on corporations, but you can't blame him for, 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 for the thuggery. And, the, you know, I mean, if, think about this. If somebody went ahead and did this to the, the petty thief that goes ahead and then steals a candy bar, oh, we want to castrate them. We want to throw them away and get rid of the key. That's what we want to do for somebody that goes into a store and get a candy bar. But for those oil titans, 
who f- with, with no shortage of oil, with no shortage of anything, they just priced the oil because they could, even though there was an oil glut. Because Russia's oil is still on the market, India and China is buying it. There's still an oil glut. How do we know there's an oil glut? Because Saudi Arabia is dropping production by 2 million barrels a day. Something that I've said months ago. When everybody was talking about, I said, did you ever have a problem finding gas at a gas station? No. Did you ever have a shortage of any one of your fuels? No. So what's the deal? Why are prices going up? Because they could. Folks, it's a fraud. And all the news that you're hearing in this case from Republicans talking about uh, what's causing inflation and what causes the gas prices to go up, you have been snowed. And they're coming in to keep the status quo, to make sure that there's not a wage and uh, that there's not a a, a, a tax, uh, a windfall tax on oil companies and for all the thugs that are taking your money. It's not Biden taking your money. It's not Biden creating the climate to take your money. It's the corporation saying that Biden is doing that when they're laughing themselves to the bank. MOD, what would you like to add? Well, very, very good. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to need 15 minutes, but please allow me, okay? You got two minutes. So I think that's what we call like, you know, venture capitalism. Yes, it is. Berto? Yes. Okay. And and that runs its course. Maybe this might help also uh, to your guy drawing up the idea on Nakian. I listened to Paul Sanders, Prime Minister to Great Britain's 1975 mm-hmm. speech to not the Tories, but the common floor and saying there's a young lady who uh, has a, a plan. And yes, our economy's... Uh, crush yes we have borrowed too much money yes we're not we're below producing but this new economic model that this young lady is going to present will be the end of our motherland and what that was was not milton freeman south chicago austerity economics we th- we were taught the academia says that's where it came from but in actuality here's the fun fact i found out last year south chicago austerity economics milton freeman's came from the dad who, this guy named, his name is Boris Johnson, and I think he was a prime minister recently in the United Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. okay. So Bojo, you know, he's the only one MP that it's ever had a grant to Eaton. Uh, there's, there's other parliamentary members who attended Eaton, but none of them, nobody. Boris is the only one that got what's called a Keynes grant. That mm-hmm. means it, he had a scholarship through what's called a Keynes grant. No, and the reason why is that well, I, can, I can prove indirectly is that his dad was the one who wrote came, uh, what's called a deregulation, right. privatization, or austerity, South Chicago, Milton Freeman's economics. So it was actually formulated from the London School Institute by Boris Johnson's dad, economist. He was not uh, I, a I told you two minutes. You're academic. up to three minutes. Give me, give me a closer because i got to go so to Juan Garcia. Was that, was that cool? Well, hold on, buddy. So was that three minutes coherent explained to you? Yes, sir. I, not only that, you're, okay. all, you're so always well read, sir. The reason I'm explaining this to you is because that's the origin of deregulation privatization, which has been our economic model. And you are so... inception. I'm sorry, go ahead. You are so right about that, but let me just okay, tell you, you about, the, the, okay, about three, privatization. I got three minutes in? You, no, you got, okay. you got ten seconds. You got to close up. I got to go to John. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, the point I'm trying to make is that's our uh, diplomacy model. We've been deploying for some time. doesn't matter if most Muslims killed by any president, which was Obama. It doesn't matter which executive political ideology or those in office. That's our the democracy economic model we've been deploying since the inception of the CIA. I, and I, I got to close you down, Mo, but I want to give you some okay. kudos for this. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to give you some kudos first of all, all right? Uh, there's a lot that you've, that you've spoken there that needs some expansion on. But when you talk about it's all facts. no no let, let me let me come on wait let me give you your kudos you don't you I, let me let me tell you how good you did all right all right here's what I'm saying here's what I want to say um, it is important for folks to understand because I don't blame these individuals I blame a system that is now on autopilot but we'll talk about this some other time thank you so kindly for calling MOD Okey-dokey. and let's go to John Garcia hey John talk to me hermano. Egberto. Yeah, turn it Yo, down. Garcia, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, Great. amigo, baja el volumen. Gracias. I already. Dear. Uh, listen. Yes. About your, your diagnosis is perfect. I mean, about increasing interest rates is the worst that the economy or the Federal Reserve 
could do yes. is the only tool they have, but it's a very bad tool. Yes. Because the solution for inflation is increasing the offer. And to increase the offer, you need investment. And if you have expensive money to loan, then you don't have investment. So if you go. You're subs- but I always knew you were a smart dude, Garcia. So you said that a, a, a right guy, a, a person in the right, uh, bringing a solution. But I think that the solution is going back to the basic of capitalism, mm-hmm. what Adam Smith proposed on the wealth of the nations. Mm-hmm. So every country should work on developing their strength and produce their own things and try to export to other places. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the you know corporations after the 90s, the MBAs started teaching globalization and how easy it was to produce in China. And they went away from the basic of capitalism. And what we have now is a capitalism of imports. Mm-hmm. So China is the only real capitalist country in the world. Ooh, and wow, I love what you're saying. You, yes, yes, you get it, you get it, you get it. But I have a little difference of opinion, but you get it. Okay, but the, the, the thing is working how we solve it. Because, I mean come from a country i have seen all the price controls that are imaginable since i was a child mm-hmm. and it doesn't work it doesn't work in the long term you need to produce if yes. you don't produce there is not enough price control you cannot control 300 million people true i agree so, every so far we're good now let, let me tell you and uh, did you finish that i can give a so, short response yes, yes okay. please. all right here here's what i'm what, what i want to tell you john I do not call what you just said capitalism, okay? And okay. I think you and I have had several discussions before, and you like to say, tu eres socialista, and it's not, that's not the issue at all. It's not that at all. And I think what, one of the things that people don't understand is my belief is that we need a bifurcated economy. In other words, half the economy or whatever needs to be uh, the economy, whatever percentage, needs to be in the free – I, I, I don't call it capitalism at all. It has to be in the free market. In other words, it has to be free enterprise. I'll explain that in a little bit. The other parts okay. of the economy must not reside in that domain. Let me give an example. If you get a broken leg – today. You don't have the opportunity to go shop around for who best to repair your leg. Okay? If you also uh, if, if you also have a lot of private companies that are using resources that belong to the state. Let's give an example. Right now, Venezuela, which is where you're from, is, is swimming in oil. You guys are sitting on top of uh, the more oil than any other country on the planet. Period. Okay. Yeah, but, but, but it is 5,000 feet underground. I know, but you didn't let me finish, man, because I know all of that. I know where your oil is. It's accessible, though. It is very accessible. If we can do the thing in the middle of the... In the and it also has a lot... Um, a, most of your oil also has a lot of sulfur, which we have the, the engineering to get to, to take care of. But here's my issue, right? That oil belongs to all Venezuelans. Do you agree? Yes, yes. Okay. Don't you agree also if that oil, if, if you guys uh, is a resource-rich country, uh, that after exploiting that oil and the people in that country, um, after paying for those investors who decided to help to pick up the oil or whatever, that just like investors makes profits on the delta on that barrel of oil, so should the people of Venezuela. I mean, most of that money after paying for investment should go to the people, don't you think? Yes, and that has been the model since 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Uh, let, let, the, the story is that the, the oil belongs to the people, the government is the administrator, yes. they invite their own investment or external, exactly. depending on the left. But, the left only, they say, we do it ourselves. But that then is not good. America... A, president, the- a little right... But at the end, 
they handle the money. The people never sees the money. I, no, not with the previous government, not with Chavez. Exactamente. It's all, it's all, it's all a fool. It's fooling people. But going back no, to what you... No, but I, I, have to, of, I need to finish my point, though. I promise you, you get okay. more time. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. But I, because I, this is important. So I think so far we are in agreement because the basic facts here is you believe that the resources should belong to the people. I want to contrast that with America. Because America, we have a lot of public lands with oil on it, and we have our oil companies drill it. They pay a few taxes on it. They pay, uh, but when it comes to the profit from the delta in the oil, it all goes to the oil companies and their shareholders. It doesn't go back into the coffers of the United States. Even Venezuela, under Carlos Andres Perez, had a better model. As bad as it yeah. was, it had a better model than we had here in the United States. So my question to you is this, um, Senor Garcia. Uh, think about this. If, if Americans were to see a successful Venezuela who is using its natural resources to enrich its people, and we have all these public lands where American corporations are taking that profit that Venezuela, in as much as there's a lot of crookedness, even under Carlos Andres Perez, uh, don't you think that creates a problem for a, 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 a resource, not a resource, but a, a marketing problem for Americans when they realize they've been had by American corporations when a country in South America is doing the right thing? Well, uh, yes, okay. definitely. I, not, if, these are questions. I mean, yeah, I got to ask you. Just answering. Let, let me give you an answer. Yes. If if it's a private land, yes, sir. Maybe the conversation is different. We're but talking it's public. Still, it's still a different, a difficult point because it comes that you own the land or you own the underground. Exactly. So, but but in my, but if it's it is a public land, then whatever that is. Over the ground or underground belongs to the public. Exactly. So the public is the owner. Thank you. And, and that's, yeah, so that, that's like very simple. If, if there are you guys here in the U.S., the government is not demanding his fair part of the production, then he's not doing a favor to the society. Exactly. That belongs to the people. Exactly. But, Let me but, ask you the whole but, Garcia, because I have people in the chat room that I, I want to keep them in the conversation as well. So I want to tell John Carter... Or a ship, is uh, uh, satellite corporations will not pay the just-in-time issues, just the consumer pays. Robert Davenport says, how is it fair economic policy that interest rates go up on loans so rapidly, but not interest rates paid to the citizens on savings or checking account balances? We are getting scammed by the banisters and the government and no one dares mention it in the media. And Paul C. Wolsey says, there is no universe in which Hidalgo... Uh, well, I won't read that one. All right. Anyhow, uh, go ahead and continue uh, continue um, your, your comments. So I just want to make sure we keep everybody engaged. Yeah, and that everything you just read is describing people abusing capitalist or the free economy system mm -hmm. it, that's not what the system should be mm -hmm. I, I don't i will not like to blame the free economy system because of those people abusing the system is because the other side is controlling is imposing yes obligations and i, I know that that part doesn't work either mm -hmm. so what you need is to improve the free economy system is improve if giving more freedom to everybody playing into the system right not only freedom to the corporations and and limitations to the public is the freedom should be for everyone i agree increase interest rates for loans you have to increase interest rates to pay for your savings it's, right it, that's that's obvious and yes yeah, sometimes this because it's not a, an, a, let's say, a proportional strength in both sides. Mm -hmm. You know, citizen is always weaker to the biggest structures. Then the structures do what they are allowed to do if nobody is trying to give some power to the citizen. So that, that's what government should do, try to, to make the fight equal in helping the right. individual to be fighting the, in the same it, position. Yeah, but not controls not i mean that's delicate but it, it is important what i'm Absolutely. saying now let me ask you something garcia i mean uh, juan john 
Uh, if somebody, uh, if, if somebody is hurting you, if 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 somebody is holding a knife on you right now, and a cop comes around or another citizen comes around, you want that citizen to do what is necessary to protect you, correct? Of course. All right. It's my duty as citizen it is, to help a fellow citizen that is being, you know, attacked. Oh, thank you. So uh, and now if somebody is trying to take money out of your pocket and robbing you, you want somebody to do something about that too, correct? Yes. All right. Now, uh, all these oil companies are robbing those the people that can least afford to be robbed right now it's not an economic issue it's an issue that they uh, if you take a look at their balance sheet and how much money they are pocketing and how much money they are pocketing they are taking the well-being away from millions of americans right now when they charge much more than what is available and the excuse is whatever the market will bear well, if again, as I, as I said, if I see somebody stealing from you, Senor John, I am going to do something to stop it. And that's what we have here. We have a legal form of theft that's going on. And until we mitigate that, this I don't care if you, are a, if you want to call yourself a capitalist, you are hurting people. And it, there is a government, we the people, that should stop that from hurting. Being, from you from being hurt and that's what yeah. i that, that's all i believe in i don't believe in the pizza shop needs to be held by the government i don't think the grocery store has to be held by the government we the people it, it that's the, the freedom comes from us having all these different things but for places where you don't have a choice it is imperative in my humble opinion that the government gets involved senor yeah yeah and that that's exactly establishing options for the citizens. Right. If you don't have the options, it's a problem of free market. Yes. Of course, if you are bleeding and you need to get into an ER, there is no free market. You just Thank need to you. get in and pay whatever they want to And charge. that's why I support health care for all, because in, that is one of the areas in our, in our system. <laughs> that, that's another, another program about that. No, yeah, but it's I, a program I, to solve. Exactly, because since there's no free market for health care, there should be nobody profiting as they should for in that por- in that portion of healthcare. Yes, I know for innovation. You know, you know what is so interesting, and I, I repeat Everybody this: Everybody should do their their fair profit. Yes, That's how the system works. Exactly. And, you know, companies make profits, and yes. you should pay your tax for the profit I you agree. make, and that's the the money the government gets us uh, to function. So, uh, yes, and you I see, so there's not very, a lot of dis- very agree. We, there's on, not a lot the, of difference. And and what I tell no, people, what no. I tell people, my, right? My my short short circuit is when you guys use the word socialism. I know, Mira. You'll say, you'll say. I get it. I get it. I get it. But what I'm saying is this, right? And that's why we probably need to. I, I hate to can a word that really sums it up because it has been this. It's been dismembered. It's been. You know, sometimes I think I'm going see now. There's a word that I'm looking for that I can't find. But that is a problem that we have, right? When people start putting labels onto things, they don't realize I am more free market than Exxon or all these capitalists that are ripping folks off. Because and you know, yeah. yo tenía mi propia compañía, my own software company, man. So I mean, yeah, and every big company trying to find protections. It's not for the free market. They, they are from, you, you call them greedy. Uh, it's not fair that they're trying to find protection exactly. from the government. Right. And they, they complain that the government is offering some protection to the people. I mean, I, I, I think that the government should not be protecting the big right. companies. Right. Well, again, but, we, uh, we are... Protecting the companies mm-hmm. is, again, it's an intrusion into a free economy, and it's not fair capitalism. Exactly. Hermano, 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 hermano. Listen for the top something. Hermano, I want this is where I really would like us to stop. You know, capitalism by design, okay, has no heart, no soul, nothing. And what I would hope for people to do is stop using the word in a benevolent manner. And let's start talking about humanity. Let's start talking about humanity. What I mean by that is this all capitalism says is we can capitalize anything. Just like we capitalize healthcare. We capitalize we capitalize all these different things. We turned it into a financial instruments. People that are completely disassociated for the service and products that are there then make a whole ton of money on the capitalization of these different structures. Uh, for a lot of our 
listeners who don't understand this this topic that I, I just mentioned, forgive me. I'll talk about it in a different at a different time. It's not anything. I believe strongly in free enterprise. I believe strongly that people should be able to create their companies and do as they please. Everybody should pay their fair tax. I believe all of that. I will never call myself a capitalist because capitalism is nothing more. What we call capitalism today is nothing more than antiseptic slavery. And those who work within the domain are nothing but slaves, right? But we, we, but we it's just in an antiseptic manner. I know, but let me just a piece of information. Yes, sir. Yeah, I know there is what some people call the shareholder capitalism. Right. That is the way to run businesses only thinking in the shareholders. Mm-hmm. But there is also the stakeholder capitalism. That is, that's that what, is, yes, that's a good the thing you just said, The way to run sir. business thinking in the community, in the employee, Senor. in the society, in the consumer. And in that way, the shareholders will be good served with good profit. Senor, you hit the nail on and the head. Both are capitalism. Sir, I don't call that capitalism, though, but we'll talk about that another time. Because you're coming into the studio with me sometime next week, right? Yeah, on Friday. On Friday next week, you'll come into the studio. I'm looking we, forward. I am looking forward to it, too, because, I, I mean, this is the kind of conversation we have to have, right? Uh, but I, I need to let you go because I want to end with a closing statement. So, John Garcia. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so kindly. You have a great day, my brother. All right, folks, I want to continue here uh, back, to the, back to the program as far as what the original topic is. I just want to, like I said, this show belongs to you guys, but, I, but you can call in and always change the subject. But I want to finish here. I want to ask every, you, you hear the topic, and this is, the, the, a lot of what we spoke was apropos. So please, folks, go out there and vote. Go out there and vote your interests. Go out there and vote for people who believe in government, who believe that government can do good. Go out there and vote for people who want to serve. Go out there and vote for people who are going to say, I want to see a better society. I don't want to divide people up and, and call folks. I want to own this one and all that. We don't need that i love the entire phase of humanity i love my republican brothers i sis and sisters i love my democratic brothers and sisters i love my progressive brothers and sisters i love all folk and one of the reasons we do this right here politics done right on kpft is because we want to make a difference we don't want we we don't want to come and and, and play games with your minds we want you to use your mind. Anybody who is getting $8.3 million for a job that pays under $200,000 to, to buy that office, that should tell you something. And this one is irking me to no end that we are going to attempt to replace somebody that has taken no money from developers, etc. And somehow we are going to say, that that person is deserving. Who owns them? Remember what I called uh, what I called a lot of this, folks: indentured servitude or antiseptic slavery. Do not become an antiseptic slave. Do not become an indentured servant. Vote your interests. Uh, John Carter says, "I'm here in. I, I just read it, and, and it. Uh, I've been in Lagos, Nigeria, a few times, and though there are billions of dollars in the country, little to none makes it to the public. Oil gas corporations are the ones keeping the dollars, and we've got to mitigate that. We've got to stop that." Palsy Wolsey says, "I'm hoping there's a third party choice on this one. Sometime it's going to occur, but for now it won't, folks. Uh, please go out there and vote. Vote intelligently." Vote your interest. Don't vote emotion. Vote what is going to work for you, your family, your city, your county, your state, your country. That is what it's all about. I am optimistic for Tuesday. I am optimistic that there's going to be a rush later on today in Harris County to vote appropriately. I am optimistic that in, uh, in all throughout this country, people are going to say, oh my God, I see now I got to go to vote. I've got to save our freedom. I've got to save a woman's right to control her own body. I have got to save social security. I have got to save Medicare. I have got to save Medicaid. I am going to go do it, baby. I am going to go vote. Apathetic be damned. I'm going to go do it, baby. Apathetic be gone. Apathy be gone. Apathy be gone. I got 10 seconds here, folks. 30 seconds. 
Early vote yesterday in Harris County was 75K. That was the highest day yet. Thank you for that information, John. And folks, let's make it higher today and keep on voting and vote your interest. Vote your wife's interest. Vote your daughter's interest. Vote everybody's interest. Folks, my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right on KPFT. And you guys know how I'm going to end this, baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.